This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report with Bree and Cassie, and we are coming at you from Studio B on Airline Drive. It's Pelicans game day, and the Pelicans are coming off of a win last night against the Indiana Pacers with a final score of 102-95. to What do you think, Cassie? And that was a good close game there at the end. The Pelicans went on a run at the end, held the Pacers without a score for about four minutes towards the end of that fourth quarter. Drew Holiday had his first double-double of the season, also a season high of 11 assists. He kind of said he was filling in for that fast-paced role that Tim Frazier usually provides off the bench. He, Tim Frazier is obviously out with a contusion on the bone of his wrist, so he'll miss, he said, about 7 to 10 days, hopefully at a minimum there. Buddy also had a yeah. career night last night. That's really exciting for Pelicans fans. He had 21 points, including five triples, so that's an exciting development for Pelicans fans to see. Hopefully we get him started. I know. I'm happy to finally see Buddy healed, like the Buddy that we thought we were going to get. And then I don't <laughs> know if he just got a little shy or what happened. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that he started last night. Maybe that gave him the confidence to go out there. But Coach Gentry was talking about how he's starting to learn a lot and knowing when to shoot and mm -hmm. all of that. And you could definitely see last night. I mean, he did awesome certainly an adjustment coming from the college game to the NBA game, and I think he talked about that in the post game as well. But then once the Pelicans are really good about if they have a guy that's going and is hot, that they'll find him and feed him. So I think that's kind of what happened last night. And Coach Gentry did say that like as he's been um, moved to the starting lineup, that helps take a little pressure off him when he's mm -hmm. playing off guys like AD and Drew instead of kind of being the focal point of the like bench unit. So I think that has been part of his – development and his ability to score just because when the defenders are looking at ad that kind of opens up areas for him you know? right definitely speaking of ad he ended up having 35 points 16 rebounds in 39 minutes of playtime and we also got to see tyreek evans yeah. play for the first time in 11 months he made his debut he only played for a little bit um but in that 11 minutes he ended up scoring seven points two assists and three rebounds so yeah, so the plan with him right now is he'll have limited minutes, obviously, as he works back, and he also won't do back-to-back. -back. So the Pelicans won't have him tonight as they head to Houston to play the Rockets. Rockets coming off a dominant win on Wednesday against the Kings. They topped them 132-98. to They made 22 three-pointers. <laughs> they're, they're hot. Yeah, right that's now. one shy of the league regular season mark for threes in a game. So that was an incredible performance. <laughs> James Harden making a case for himself in the MVP consideration. He had his 14th career triple-double, and that went against the Kings. So. so that game is tonight at 7 p.m. in Houston. You can catch it on Fox Sports New Orleans. I'm just hoping that we play like we did on Tuesday against Golden State. And I think that the Pelicans kind of play to the level of their opponents. Mm -hmm. So knowing that the Rockets are pretty hot, hopefully we can keep them down a little bit and – you know, if we just keep playing like the team that we saw on Tuesday and then get that buddy in from last night and just formulate it all together. Yeah, put, put that all together. <laughs> well, I think the Rockets is actually an interesting matchup for the Pelicans. They're fifth in the league in points per game and first in assists. 
And so, like, maybe if the Pelicans are playing to the opponent, if we can get some assists going, get those points per game up, that could be a good matchup for the team. Also, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon now with the Rockets after mm-hmm. being with the Pelicans. That'll be an interesting so, to see them. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely familiar with those two guys, so be interesting. And the Pelicans are leading the league in blocks right now, so... Although the Rockets are a high-scoring team, maybe we can get some of those we can block shots blocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Sunday there's a game against the San Antonio Spurs, and that one is at 6. You can catch that on Fox Sports New Orleans. So two big divisional games coming up. Yeah, and the Spurs will actually be retiring Tim Duncan's jersey on Sunday. So oh. there will be a lot of excitement in that building for sure. So hopefully the Pelicans can kind of sour that <laughs> um, retirement ceremony for the Spurs there on Sunday. Yeah, and speaking on, on Sunday, we also have some Saints football going on. They're going to be traveling to the University of Phoenix Stadium to play the number one defense in yards per game, the Arizona Cardinals, on Sunday at 3.05. You can catch that on Fox. This is going to be an interesting matchup, <laughs> too. Both these teams kind of underachieved this season. The Saints at 5-8, and eight, the Cardinals five, seven, and one after famously tying the Seahawks earlier this season. But the Cardinals are like that trendy postseason pick and the like the preseason. Everyone thought they were going to make it to the Super Bowl, and now it's not really looking so good. They've had a lot of special teams problems this season. Um, just Coach Arian said that their five best, best cover guys have been on IR, and the next man up really haven't shown the coaches much and the opportunities that they've gotten. They've lost a lot of games with – Miss kicks, returns, things like that. So something like the Saints haven't necessarily been great <laughs> at like either. Saints, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so might not be the prettiest game. Hopefully both those teams can get those special teams problems fixed. Um, another guy that to be looking out for Sunday, though, is that New Orleans native, former LSU Tiger, Tyron Matthew. Well, he is dealing with an injury right yeah. now. It's a shoulder subluxation, which I didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up because <laughs> I was <laughs> really us, curious. Was like, what is a subluxation? So it's similar to dislocation, but the difference is that a subluxation is temporary and it's like only partial. So it's kind of like a joint instability. So the problem is that when a subluxation happens, it can damage the tissue and the ligaments around the joint. So that's why a subluxation takes longer to recover from because it sort of just gets all up in there. Whereas a dislocation, you just kind of pop the joint out right. and you can pop it back in. No damage is done, but... Ugh. So it's kind of more of a chronic thing. So that's he's missed four of the last five games. But um, I talked to Josh Weinfuss, who's the ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll hear from him later. And he said that um, Tyron practiced Wednesday and Thursday, so he's hoping to be back Sunday. Should be interesting. Yeah, their defense only allows an average of 201.8 passing yards per game. And Drew Brees averages 313.9 passing yards per game. So it should be an interesting matchup to see how that plays out on the field. Number one offense, number one defense. Um, And, yeah, we also have a reunion with Tim Hightower returning to Arizona. Mm -hmm. That's the team he was drafted to in the fifth round. He played there from 2008 to 2010. Um, So I know that will be a little nostalgic for him to return back. To Arizona as well. Absolutely. So the Cardinals also trying out a new punter this week. So that'll be something to look for. They released their punter earlier this week. So it'll be Matt Weil instead of Drew Butler, who struggled this season. So I'll be interested to see how he does. And maybe that'll be a permanent fix to Cardinals. With maybe the special teams. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so again, that game is at 3.05 p.m. You can catch it on Fox. 
And we're going to talk to NFL and NBA sideline reporter Jen Hale coming up soon. And we're going to talk a little Saints and Pelicans with her. So we'll get both sides of the New Orleans sports. Yeah, she'll be on the call Sunday for Saints Cardinals. So she's going to give us her thoughts on that one. So stay tuned. And we have some more coming up for you soon. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Win the night with your New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday, December 21st at 7 p.m. when the Oklahoma City Thunder come to the Smoothie King Center. See your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, face off against Russell Westbrook in this Western Conference showdown. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $26. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We are on with NFL and NBA sideline reporter Jen Hale to talk a little Saints and Pelicans. Hey, Jen, it's always good to talk to you. Hi, ladies. So good to talk to you as well. I hope you've had a great week. Well, when we're coming off a win, it's definitely a little sweeter. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about that win, actually. Looking back on last night's game with the Pelicans against the Pacers, one of the big highlights was that Buddy Heald put up a career high of 21 points, shooting 5 of 8 from the three-point range. Where has this Buddy been all season, and is this a good sign of things to come? I think it's definitely a great sign, Bree, and, and I would say this Buddy has been developing all season long, and you know, as exciting as it is, not not at all to be Debbie Downer, but but this is this has been a natural progression from where he was uh, coming out of college and coming out of summer league. So uh, I don't know that we can expect 21 points and uh, five of eight from beyond the arc every night, but certainly it is an encouraging sign um, that he's getting there and that he's starting to turn that that rookie corner. Uh, it, it's really what the coaching staff predicted all along. They said, hey, he's going to need. 30 to 40 games to catch up to the speed of NBA pace, 
to start learning to read defenses, to not play a step behind. Um, it was interesting after that Warriors loss, which to me was encouraging in so many ways, just because you're playing against arguably the number one team and you came so close. Uh, Solomon Hill pulled Buddy aside in the locker room and said, hey, you know, um, this is why you have to be in even better cardio shape. This is why you have to speed your game up because of what Clay Thompson did tonight and what you got to watch. So I think you can see Buddy really starting to mature and develop from having played against guys like that and seeing in action where he needs to be. And he's starting to get there, and uh, it bodes very well for the Pelicans in the future. So the Pelicans have laced some good performances together across the last couple of games. They've won two of the last three, obviously had a close one with the Warriors on Tuesday. Do you see this them turning a corner and starting to be able to piece some of these pieces together? Well, let's hope so, certainly. Um, they're a young team. They're a team that hadn't played together a tremendous amount. So, yes, certainly they needed some time on task. Unfortunately, game reps are just different than practice reps, and, and as as wonderful as training camp and those off-season workouts that the players organize together on their own, as beneficial as those are, there's nothing like actually playing. So I, I think you're seeing the benefit of that, of, of getting some games under their belt as one unit. Also, we're getting healthy. You know, last night was Drew's first double-double this season. Um, normally, when he's, when, he, when he's been healthy in the past, you know, those have been an every-night thing. So you're saying Drew be able to play more minutes, be able to play more minutes like the all-star Drew Holiday is. Uh, you saw Tyreek come back last night, which was a big emotional boost uh, for the bench and for that team, even though he didn't play a ton of minutes, only about 11. Uh, just having him there started to give this team a little bit of its swagger back. And it, it was really fun to watch to watch Reek. He was one of the most animated players on the bench. He kept jumping up and cheering, even though he had that calf wrapped. Uh, in heat to keep it to keep it loose when he won the game. Uh, so it was great to see the enthusiasm on his face, and I think that was contagious for everybody else. So the Pelicans will head to Houston or have headed to Houston to face the Rockets, who have won each street. James Harden's obviously been making a case for himself as an MVP this season. What have you seen from the Rockets so far, and how do you think this matchup will play out? I think this is going to be a tough one for the Pels, not only because it's the end of a back-to-back, and uh, obviously, when you're coming off an emotional win, sometimes it can be tough to get up for another game. Uh, but, yeah, Harden is one of the best in the business. Uh, he, he makes it look easy. And then let's not forget, of course, we're going to see a couple of our, our old friends, our former players, mm-hmm. in Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson. So that can work both ways. You know, the Pelicans certainly know Rhino and uh, Eric's tendencies. Meanwhile, they have a pretty good idea of how the Pelicans like to play and what the Pelicans like to do, calls, that type of thing. So uh, I think it's going to be a personal game tonight uh, for, for, team, for guys on both these teams, and therefore it's going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be high-scoring, uh, fast-paced, which to me is always great basketball. I always enjoy watching that type of stuff. What are some of the things that the Pelicans need to focus on or improve on going up against this tough divisional opponent? Three certainly turnovers really killed the Pelicans last night. Um, we've seen that number slowly sliding up the past couple of games. They were able to overcome it last night, but boy, it was it was significant. And uh, I think if there's one glaring red X factor, that that has to be it. Um, it second half they got that uh, perimeter game going. The three ball started falling, especially for Buddy. 
Uh, but at halftime, they were only shooting 20% from three-point land, which is very low for them. So got to get those turnovers under control. That three ball, got to concentrate, got to focus. It's what they do well. And as always, with every team, fast-paced, get out to a fast start. Got to do that. That's just – this team plays better when they're moving the ball with a high number of assists and they get out early. They need that confidence. So this weekend, you'll also be covering the Saints and Cardinals game on Sunday. And both these teams have kind of underachieved this season, really not really put up the records that people thought going into this season. What have you seen from the Cardinals this season, and what should Saints be lo- Saints fans be looking out for? Yeah, um, had them a couple of times this season, and, and it's a head-scratcher of their record to me. I really thought they were going to be much stronger uh, coming into this season than, than it panned out. Of course, I thought that about the Saints as well. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> first and foremost, that Cardinals defense, definitely just incredible. Um, the offensive line, Drew Brees, they're going to have to really, really pay attention, be on their A game. you got to protect Drew and buy him some time. He can't do it all by himself. You know, very strange. Drew has not gone two consecutive weeks without a passing touchdown in years. You have to go back to, I believe, 2009. Uh, and then the last time it's happened three weeks in a row, you have to go back to his Chargers days in San Diego. So I have to hope that this is going to be um, somewhat of a get-right game for Drew, uh, that he'll be able to perform the way we know Drew Brees can do. I, I think he's going to come out passionate and on fire and ready to, quote-unquote, redeem that, that aspect of things. Uh, for me, one of the big X factors, our, our old LSU friend Tyron Matthew. Yeah. He's been out four or five weeks uh, dealing with a, a shoulder injury. He sa- I talked to him yesterday. He says he's feeling good. He's rehabbing well. He thinks there's a chance he'll play Sunday, but they just don't know yet. If he's in the game, it's a different story. You know he'd love to come back against his hometown team. We're on against with NFL and NBA sideline reporter Jen Hale. So we just mentioned how great the Cardinals defense is, and they're going up against the number one passing team in the league. Do you think that will mean several opportunities for Mark Ingram and Tim Hightower to put up some yardage in the running game? You know, it certainly could, and Tim Hightower is likely going to play inspired. This is his old team. This is where he began his NFL career. Uh, this is also the team that said goodbye to him, which always <laughs> always gives an emotional tip on, on, on shoulders, a little bit extra. Players love going back to those teams and proving them wrong, so to speak. So uh, you've seen tremendous production uh, out of Mark and Tim for the season as a whole, even though there have been you know a couple games where there have been some lags here and there. But season as a whole, they've just been tremendous. Um, and, yeah, I think they're going to come out, and, and Tim's going to want a statement game. And, hey, guys are playing for their jobs, and guys are playing for spots next year. Um, the past two games have been kind of flat for the Saints. They just haven't had the same swagger or energy since that game versus the Rams and Jeff Fisher. Uh, I, I think these, this coaching staff is really going to make that a point of emphasis. So I, I think um, even though you say, oh, hey, he's a starter and, and his talent is proven – I think these players have been challenged this week that, hey, if you are a starter and you are a leader, you better play like it. You better play like this game counts to go to the Super Bowl. We're not putting up with this attitude. And then for other guys, it's a matter of, hey, do you come back to this roster next year? Because the coaches are going to say it's one game at a time. We want to win this game. And certainly they do. But it is also now about looking toward next season and where are the Saints needs and what do they need to address in free agency in the draft. 
The Cardinals also have some guys fighting for jobs this week. They're trying out a new punter, Matt Weil, after releasing Drew Butler, who's struggled through this season. Do you see him as a permanent fix for the some of the problems they've had on special teams, or is he still fighting for that job as well, you think? Oh, I think he's absolutely fighting for that job, no doubt. Um, and and the, uh, that's a position you can more easily in general address in, in free agency. So the pressure is on. That, that I don't take that as a secure spot by, by any stretch. And the Cardinals, I can tell you, very disappointed internally, not just the fan base, but, but the coaching staff certainly had higher expectations than this. The ownership uh, and front office had higher expectations. So I think for them, they feel like just like the Saints and Drew Brees, Carson Palmer's window is closing. Um, they've got that defense. Now the offense and special teams have to step up and, and, and match that complimentary football. And if you're not playing at a championship level, uh, the Cardinals are probably looking to replace you. You mentioned Carson Palmer, and his numbers have dropped this season after having a career year last year. He already has more fumbles and interceptions through the games than he did in 16 games last season. What do you attribute that drop-off to? Well, part of it are are the guys around him. Uh, Mm -hmm. There have been some injuries and some shuffling along that O-line for sure. Part of it's age, um, part of it's consistency. It's tough to repeat. Uh, they've lost some weapons as as well. Um, I, I don't think Carson Palmer's done yet, though, by any stretch, just like I don't think Drew's done. I think these are two quarterbacks who are smart enough and take good enough care of their bodies, meticulous care, that they've still got gas left in the tank. So I, I, I do not think we've seen the end of Carson Palmer yet. I think they want to ride that Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald train a little bit longer um, so so I, they'll be fine next year. I think they just need some different pieces around them. So running back David Johnson has been a bright spot for them. He can also line up as a receiver. He's had just a, a remarkable season. How can the Saints game plan for a player like him, or can they? Yeah, it's a good question, Cassie, and it's one that every team this season that's played the Cardinals has tried <laughs> to figure out. Uh, David's had 100 rushing yards in 13 consecutive games this season. It's crazy. You haven't seen that since the uh, Edger and James Days, um, closing in on being able to have both a thousand receiving and a thousand rushing yards this season. He is a tough one. He is, uh, you know, what they call a matchup problem, a mismatch. He's tough to stop. And uh, the Saints defense has been playing better as of late, that's for sure. This one's going to be a challenge. Stopping him, getting to him, getting him down. He's a guy who breaks tackles. Uh, he's quick and light on his feet, even though he's he's big and bruising and, and has strength and power. He kind of has it all. Um, so that that is probably going to be the Saints defense. Number one priority besides keeping an eye on Larry Fitz. I mean, if you're looking at, at, at number one weapons, where are the Cardinals going when they're on offense? It's probably a good bet they're either going to Larry Fitz or to David Johnson. So those are the two players that are circled in red for the Saints defense this week. Looking into the future a little bit, in your opinion, what does the rest of the season look like for the Saints closing up the season against two division leaders, Atlanta and Tampa Bay? Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but it certainly, um, I think, is going to be fun because it's always fun to play those those division rivals. Um, I hate that that game on Christmas Eve got moved to the late spot. I hope the fan base shows up and is loud and, and, and gives them a little bit of extra push. Both these games are critical to the opponents of the Saints because the Falcons and the Bucks, they're both still vying for that playoff spot for that number one NFC South team. So 
the Saints, I know mathematically, statistically, they're technically still in it. Um, I think that's a bit of a long shot, but hey, you never know. <laughs> but specifically for the Falcons and the Bucks, uh, these two games are crucial for whether they make the playoffs or not. So uh, they are going to bring their best efforts. They are going to be playing inspired football. And I think it's a great opportunity for the Saints to step up and show these coaches who have been saying, hey, you got to bring that fire and passion every week if you're a pro's pro. Uh, it's, it's a chance for them to do that. And they're going to need to do that or else there's a, a risk of being embarrassed. I think they will. And I think these two last two games after Arizona especially are going to be fun for those reasons. Well, Jen, as a sideline reporter, obviously the NBA lost one of the most beloved sideline reporters yesterday in Craig Seager. As a sideline reporter, what did he mean to sideline reporting and to the game of basketball? It's a great question. Um, I was just, I've done a couple interviews about that already. Just wow, a tremendous loss that I think hit us all really hard yesterday. You've known about the diagnosis, you've watched him battle, but for some reason you just, you felt like something, a miracle was going to happen. It's hard to imagine for me the basketball world without him. He was one of the first mentors to take me under his wing when he started, when I started covering the NBA five years ago. Just larger than life, had a passion for this game. Uh, he's, he's best known, of course, for those flamboyant, loud outfits, but, but behind that was such a beautiful heart who was committed not only to bettering the game, but also to those covering it who were coming up. He was uh, always willing to lend a hand, give a piece of advice. Um, I, I was floored because he remembered my name since the first time I met him. And I thought, wow, for a guy with that notoriety and with that much on his plate, um, that's special. He really cares about people and notices. It's not just about him. Uh, so very uh, impressive life, accomplished so much, and certainly prayers are with his friends and family and and condolences around the holiday times that that has to be tough it's, it's kind of ironic guys because last year we started a little tribute to him sidelines for Sager we would all wear a Sager-esque outfit uh, on the sidelines for a night and that was supposed to be coming up uh, December I believe it was 21st when Tuesday whenever the Pelicans are in Philly so we are uh, talking about whether we should move that up or whether we'll keep it that date but uh, certainly thinking about him and 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 just mourning his loss that's for sure it's very clear how influential he was to so many people and his loss will definitely be felt throughout the nba um, and sports fans in general jen thank you so much for your time this morning we really appreciate your insight both pelicans and saints this morning oh always love being on with you ladies thanks for having me and hope you have a great weekend you too you too hey new orleans the world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. 
and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wars Soldier, Drew Brees Disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and I'm joined by ESPN NFL Nation reporter Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Arizona Cardinals, the Saints matchup this weekend. Josh, Saints and Cardinals both kind of underachieving the season. Saints at 5-8, and eight, Cardinals 5-7-1. and one. But the big story of the week was obviously the Cardinals releasing Michael Floyd. He was due for unrestricted free agency at the end of this season, but not having the greatest season. But did the move surprise you? And like, what effect do you think that will have on this Sunday's matchup? You know, I, it definitely surprised me. I don't think anybody saw the release coming. You know, I, don't, I think a lot of people, including myself, didn't expect the Cardinals to re-sign him after the year. But to release him like they did, I, that came as kind of a shock um, to myself other people in the media to the locker room um you know when we walked in into the locker room after practice yesterday there was kind of a sense of disbelief you know spread throughout all the guys and guys couldn't believe that the, that the team would do it um but you know how that impacts this game he hasn't been having that big of a season so he really hasn't been that crucial um to the passing game as he has been in the years past this year so it's not going to be a huge part um, obviously, the Saints, you know, it's one less guy for them to prepare for. It's one less threat um, for the deep balls and those sideline passes that they have to prepare for. So, overall, losing Michael Floyd isn't going to be a huge, have a huge impact on the passing game. But, you know, he's the type of guy that can go off for 100, 125 yards without blinking, or he can sit and completely fade into the background and have zero yards. So, we didn't know which Michael Floyd was going to show up this season, and I don't think that's going to have an impact on, on this week's game. Gotcha. So another guy whose status is unclear for Sunday was Tyron Matthew. You reported that he was at practice yesterday, but obviously a lot of people in this area are very excited of the possibility that he might be back after that shoulder injury has kept him out of four of the past five games. Do you know any updates on his status for Sunday? So he practiced again today, um, and he said, you know, he, he doesn't know if he's going to play yet. He says it really just depends on how the rest of the week goes. He's more concerned about how he – how his shoulder will react to trying to shed blocks and when it goes to the ground. He obviously doesn't want to hurt it long-term, doesn't want to keep dealing with it. So um, he's trying to be cautious, but at the same time, he, he wants to get back to him. This is just as big of a game as it is to all his fans and family back in New Orleans. You know, He knows they'll all be watching. So he doesn't know yet. It's still up in the air, but I think the fact that he was out there practicing today was a, was a good sign for him because one thing Bruce Arians wanted to see was how that shoulder reacted uh, to yesterday's practice, and obviously he's out there, so he seems to react pretty well. So special teams has been a problem for the Cardinals this season, as well as the Saints. You wrote that they most likely would have won in weeks 1, 7, 11, and 14. Had some kicks been made, returners been tackled, that would have put the Cardinals ahead of the NFC West. That's how costly that they've, special teams has been for the team this season, but why? <laughs> if I had that answer, <laughs> I'd be making a lot more money doing something else right now. I, you know, I don't know. It, it literally has been a matter of missed kicks, bad holds, not playing, you know, return guys not playing their lanes. Um, and it's, it's small things, but they've added up to four losses. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that they would have beaten New England in week one. You know, Chandler Catanzaro missed a field goal with 41 seconds left that would have put them in the lead. I think it's fair to say that, well, they would have won in overtime in week seven against Seattle had Catanzaro made a, uh, I think it was a 24-yard field goal. Um, if they would have stopped um, Cordell, 
Patterson, you know, with the Vikings from returning a hundred yard touchdown in the opening kickoff of the second half, they probably would have won that game. And then I think, you know, in obviously in Miami, you miss two extra points or you, you miss an extra point, you miss a field goal, then you have an extra point blocked. That's five points right there. And um, that would have, they were tied 23, 23 going into the final seconds and Miami kicked the game when he field goal. So that clearly would have won them that game. So it's been a huge problem this year. Um, but there's no real reason. There's no real explanation why it's, there's so many small things that if, I mean, like I said, if I knew how to fix this, if anybody knew how to fix this, it probably would have been fixed by now, but it's just, one of those things where the snap just is a little high, a little low, and the timing's thrown off, and that, that's what happens. So the Cardinals also released their punter this week, Drew Butler. Do you see this as a kind of hold on for the rest of the season, or is this a more permanent fix? I don't know yet. It's we'll, we'll be able to. I'll be able to answer that question after this game. You know, they mm-hmm. signed Matt Weil, who they actually faced um, – when they played Atlanta a few weeks ago, he was signed to replace their punter for a game. He only played one game, and he boomed like 58-yard kick. So um, Arizona was obviously impressed. Uh, Drew Butler has not been impressive this year. He's been short, um, to say the least. You know, he hasn't been had a lot of length on his kicks. Um, so they wanted to make a change, and they signed Matt Weil last week, but they weren't completely convinced he was able to hold. Um, they wanted to see how well he could adjust to being a holder. He had never done it before, and obviously that's a crucial part to special teams. It's already cost the you know the Cardinals a game or two, so um, they wanted to kind of wait and see how he could learn that role. And they've obviously been very pleased with him. And uh, he's the punter this week. And depending on how he does, he could be the long-term answer. But it's all a matter of waiting to see at this point. So the secondary has been a little bit more of a positive um, area for the Cardinals this season. They've yet to allow a 300-yard passer. Drew Brees has struggled the past two weeks, but still leads the NFL in passing yards. How have the Cardinals' secondary been able to pressure quarterbacks so well, neutralize their targets, and who do you think has the advantage in this matchup? Ooh. I don't know. You kind of have to go with the quarterback always because they know where they're going with the ball. It's a matter of the secondary reacting. Um, but the one thing the Cardinals have been doing well this year is they have been getting a lot of pressure up front, which has been forcing – quarterbacks into throwing quickly and that makes life a lot easier on the back end and those guys in the secondary so um you got to give a lot of credit to the guys in the secondary we got to give a lot of credit to the guys up front for um for putting that pressure on on these quarterbacks you know arizona went out and they they bolstered their pass rush this year they traded for chandler jones and he's been a huge addition took a lot of pressure off a lot of guys like clayus campbell marcus uh golden frosty rucker um and let them kind of do their own thing while offensive lines had to focus on Chandler Jones. And it's really paid off throughout the levels. You know, you see the, the, the middle linebackers um, having, you know, a little bit easier time this year. Obviously the secondary has been playing well, but it's going to be interesting because Arizona is down one key nickel safety in Tyvon Branch, who's put on IR with a groin injury. Marcus um, Cooper, a cornerback who was a starting right cornerback, suffered a back injury against Miami. So he's still, um, limited in practice we don't know if he's going to play and Tyron Matthews not at 100 percent so if this is a game where Drew Brees gets back you know can get back on if there was a game where Drew Brees can get back on track this is it and we all know he's capable of throwing you know crazy yardage and it could he could do it again this week and Arizona's streak of of not allowing a 300 yard passer could very likely end so on the other side of the ball Cardinals offense David Johnson has obviously been a huge aspect for the Cardinals this season. What has made him so special in this breakout year, and how can a team like the Saints game plan for him, or can they? 
you know what? I think we've seen from the first 13 games, no one can really <laughs> game plan for him because he can run inside, he can run outside, he can catch passes out of the backfield, in the slot, out wide. He can literally do it all. And he's a special player. He really is. He's one of these few players you see in your lifetime. You're like, the kid can do absolutely everything. He's not a small back. He can take a beating. He's got quick feet. You know, he has a jump cut that, you know, most guys will fall out of their shoes trying to defend. Um, he can, he can, he can really just do it all. And he's humble, which is, you know, impressive in this, in, in this day and age when a lot of kids kind of buy into their own hype, especially on social media. He doesn't really, you know, he reads it, he sees it, but he doesn't want to get to his head. And I think that's, that's very, that's unique and it's special to see someone do that but on the field you know the kid's a beast the kid's a monster and it's tough for teams to figure him out because you want to play him in the run fine Arizona's going to line him up in the pass you want to play him in the pass they're going to go you know they're going to have him run the ball and he creates a lot of mismatches you can't put a linebacker on him because he's too fast you can't put a cornerback or a safety on him because he's too quick or he's too big so it's it's tough for teams to to game plan against him it's kind of like let's just try to get as many guys to him as fast as we can yeah, he's been incredible. Also um, on offense, Larry Fitzgerald coming off a season-low 12 yards against Miami. Not likely to have a week, like two weeks like that in a row, I would say. Do you expect him to be a larger factor this week? Yes, yes, yes. I think with Michael Floyd no longer in the mix, I think you're going to mm-hmm. see uh, Larry Fitzgerald pick up that slack and then some. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for another 100 yards this week just because he, they're going to be going to him and they're going to be looking for him. And when Carson and him get on a roll, there's really few things that can stop those two guys. And, um, you know, last week was, it was interesting because the rain was such a factor and it wasn't just sprinkling. I mean, it was pouring down just absolute downpour. It was unbelievable. So it was torrential. So, um, that, that definitely impacted how the passing game went. I think they're going to get back on track this week. I think Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a huge part of that. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's another guy you put him. He's going to go outside, I think, a little bit more this week. He'll go, you know, inside just as much as he has, and I think I think he'll he'll rebound from that 12 yard game uh, with, with a pretty big game. What would you say the team morale is like right now, with the obviously the chances of the playoffs being pretty small? Um, it's a good question. You know, they they know that they're probably not going to make the playoffs, um, but I think right now they're they're trying to put on their best game face and just kind of say the right things, and that you know they're playing for each other. They're they're not going to give up. You know, they, they get paid to play for a reason, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, it's got to be tough, especially coming off of an NFC championship appearance last year. You, They were 13-3. and three. A lot of people had them. They were a sheet pick to go to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. this year, and a lot of people had them winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, those expectations obviously were a little too heavy, um, but they were they were worthy. I'm not, I won't sit here looking back and, you know, armchair quarterbacking it and say that, they didn't deserve those expectations. They absolutely deserved all those expectations. And I think it's a lot of guys are very disappointed that they weren't able to live up to them. And, you know, now that you know, obviously they're not mathematically eliminated, but it's very, very difficult for them to make the playoffs. I think as that realization sets in, they're starting to realize that they kind of failed. You know, they, they failed to live up to these massive expectations. And a lot of guys don't like it. So the Cardinals will obviously face the Saints Sunday. Then, Back again with the Seahawks, who they famously tied at the beginning of the season, and the Rams, who beat them in October, but are now four and nine. What are your expectations for the last three games for this team? <sighs> I think this week can go either way. You know, if Drew Brees goes off, it's going to be real tough for them to stop. But they have been good at home. Um, 
I think I think they lose next week in Seattle, um, and then L.A. I you know I, I see them beating L.A. simply because L.A. has been so bad lately. <laughs> Once you kind of put these types of pass rushers against a rookie quarterback, it's just it's it's a recipe for success for the defense, not for the offense. But this week's kind of a toss-up. I have. Um, I think Arizona might just pull it off, uh, you know, but I think it all depends on how well Drew Brees plays and if they can get that offense going. And if they can kick into high gear, it's going to be real tough for for the Cardinals to defend that passing game because Drew Brees is a smart quarterback. He's not going to throw it into situations that can get him in trouble, and that's towards Patrick Peterson. I think he'll stay away from Patrick Peterson, and he could very easily pick these guys apart. So this is this is really, you know, this is kind of a coin flip. And uh, Plus, I think the rest of I think Arizona will split the next teams after this. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Josh. Some great insight about this week's matchup. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. This holiday season, give the gift of New Orleans Pelicans basketball to that special sports fan in your life. The Pelicans Holiday Plan, presented by Tomino's, lets you pick four games to stick under the tree. Guarantee great seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one-topping pizza from Domino's. Visit pelicans.com to check another name off that holiday shopping list today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Thanks to our guests, Jen and Josh, on this beautiful Friday here in New Orleans. And hopefully we'll be back on Monday to recap some wins after this weekend. We have Pelicans versus Rockets tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans and Pelicans versus Spurs Sunday night on Fox Sports New Orleans. And you'll also want to catch that Saints-Cardinals game on Fox on Sunday with Jen Hale, who we talked to today. Yeah, it'll be an interesting weekend, big weekend for the Saints. I know I always say that I have faith in the Saints. <laughs> and technically, like mathematically, there's still a chance that we could make it to playoffs. We just have to win all three games, and then the Buccaneers and the Falcons have to lose all three games. <laughs> but the Falcons are also going up against Colin Kaepernick and the 1-12 49ers on Sunday. Fuck with that. (laughs) But yeah, there's still a chance. (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll be back on Monday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.